the E, the H and I C, repping New York City, laughing direct, cause he always come correct, when he does an interview with Mr. Street talking in, he stimulates the brain, in your mobile device, and what he smash like the Hulk when he claps you with advice, it's all about the news when he drops and beats home, so pay close attention, shit's about to explode. Ladies and gentlemen, back on the show, the one, the only, the pioneer of the talk shows, Richard Bay. Rich, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm I'm a pioneer. Yes, you I are. I feel like I'm on, yeah, I'm, I'm taking that Conestoga wagon out to the west, across the, across the wild plains. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's good to have you back on again. Um, last time we talked, I think it was probably like over a year ago. Um, what you have been up to? Has anything changed in the past year? Um, not much, exactly. You know, uh, you know, still, I, you know, I've been back and forth to New York, um, and uh, it, it's been pretty much the same. You know, I I haven't been working. I've been looking for work, but. Uh, you know, so far nobody's biting. But then again, I can blame myself because I, I haven't tried, you know, that hard. I haven't been obsessional about it. But I have reached out to some people, and uh, you know, nothing has happened at this point. But you know, that's the way it is. So I keep myself occupied. I uh, play piano. I read a lot. I post a lot uh, on Facebook. I do some writing. Um, I take care of my son when I'm in New York and see friends and see a lot of theater. And uh, when I'm in Florida, I, I I run two miles every day, go to the gym, go for a swim, um, you know, practice piano, do some music writing. Uh, once in a while, there's a few friends that I have down here, although most of my friends are in New York. This is not... It's not very interesting. I call it Groundhog Day because <laughs> every day is pretty much the same. And when I, I, you know, I wake up at the same time. I don't have, I don't need an alarm because there's nowhere I really have to go. Yeah. But I turn over and look at the clock, and it's eight fifteen, and I'm up out of bed, and I have my, you know, routine that I do, and uh, you know, the only things that disturb it are the days when I go to see a movie or. Uh, go food shopping so it's 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 it's, it's pleasant but uneventful oh. what's the difference between florida and new york i guess besides the hustle and the bustle but in your opinion what's the difference between florida and new york in florida every day is the same day in new york every hour is a different hour mm. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen next in new york it's full of surprises you walk down the street turn the corner you bump into an old girlfriend, a friend from high school, somebody you worked with, a stranger that you start talking to about something that, uh, you know, both of you are interested in. Um, a, a celebrity, uh, a homeless person asking for change. <laughs> in Florida, it's the same day every day. You know, because a lot of people leave New York to go to Florida or to go elsewhere, and there's a lot of people who are tired of New York City and only want to come here for vacations or just come out here just to see shows. And the cost of living is pretty high in New York City. You think that's the reason why everybody's leaving New York and, like, going to Florida? Well, I think not everybody's leaving. Uh, you know, I, I, you know the, Manhattan, the population of Manhattan is um, actually increasing, or, and, you know, people are moving to Brooklyn and stuff, but... Uh, Here's something I just posted on Facebook. Um, New York 
I, there are 32,500 people in New York who are worth 10 million or more. Mm -hmm. um, 32,000. But in February, there are only 11,000 because they all have three or four places. They all go, they have a place in New York, which is like their pied-a-terre. They come there to go shopping. They come there sometimes, uh, you know, so their kids will have a place to stay when they're in college and they want to visit the city, go to the theater. Um, they have one in New York, they have a beach house in the Hamptons, a ski villa in Aspen, and a winter condo in Miami. So, and these people live in New York, or Manhattan more specifically, you know, has become a place for billionaires and tourists. And everybody else is just there, you know, to service their needs. You know, that's an exaggeration, but it's, it's the way the city has changed, and it's the way the city is continuing to change. Uh, you know, these people don't live in Manhattan, so they don't pay... Real estate, I mean, they don't pay uh, personal income tax to the city or the state. Uh, they usually have tax abatements on their apartments that, you know, they could just ended that, but, you know, the developers were rushing to, uh, you know, to get the tax abatement in. And 40%, uh, uh, let me see, what, let me just see what that thing is. Sure. It was 40% 40 of uh, the, the new apartments sold in um in 2015 were sold uh, to foreign investors yeah. and a lot of them they just do it to place to park their money money you know um it's an appreciating market and it's you know it's a way that you know pretty much you know the city will always be there so it's a way it's like buying gold gold will always exist as a as a uh, medium of monetary wealth, and so will Manhattan real estate. Yeah. So the average price of a new apartment in new construction, the average price mm -hmm. was three point three million. Jesus! Wow, that's that's astronomical, astronomical. And the city has changed. Yeah, it's it's and right downstairs from where that. You know, guy is living in his $100 million penthouse, which, you know, we, we, which they have. There's a million dollar penthouse on 157. There's an $88 million one on, uh, on uh, uh, Central Park around Columbus Circle. And right downstairs is some homeless guy pissing on the street. 40% <laughs> of condos in the new developments in Manhattan were purchased by overseas buyers in 2015. Forty no. percent, and these are people. Most of them who aren't moving into these condos. Mm. You know, they they may use them to come. You know, maybe they'll come. The only time they'll come in the winter is maybe around Christmas to see the tree. Mm -hmm. So they're pretty much making their seasonal residence in New York City if it's like winter, spring, summer, or fall, basically. Yeah, and they're empty a lot of the times. So if you go into some of these, uh, you know, uh, there, there was another figure uh, recently in the New York Times that, I don't know, somewhere in Midtown between 56th and the 60th Street, uh, it was a figure like 30 to 40 percent of the apartments are vacant at any given time. 
It's crazy. You know, like, everything is changing in the city. You know, um, I know you only come, you know, you come once in a while to the city. Every time you come to the city, do you see it more different than the last time? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I always sit I used to, when I first came to Florida, I used to come every two weeks. Then, I, then after two years, I'd come every month. And now I generally, you know, come every two months or, you know, or something like that. Uh, but uh, when I used to live in New York, I used to miss it in the way you would miss an old girlfriend. Yeah. Now I miss it in the way that I was—I I almost resent it in a way. The way you would resent an old girlfriend who started <laughs> sleeping with Donald Trump when you were out of town. <laughs> 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 I love how you threw the Donald Trump name in there. Um, speaking of Donald Trump, can we talk about politics? Yeah, you can talk about anything you want. All right. What is your opinion about the debates? What's your opinion about Donald Trump, Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton? What is your take on the whole situation? Well, it's, it's, you know, every, anything I could say at this point would probably be a redundancy. Who would ever think that the candidates would be talking about the size of their penises? <laughs> uh, turn it into a beauty contest about who had the hotter wife. Um, who would think that a candidate could get this far? Uh, basically, just uh, blathering uh, without uh, mentioning specifics and become the number one candidate. Um, so you know, and you know, uh, Cruz is 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 not much better. Although he is specific, Cruz is a very crafty and dangerous person um, on the other side I I voted for Bernie Sanders I sent him money uh, but I, I don't believe he's going to be the nominee I think it's going to be Clinton and I, I in my life I've never voted for a Clinton either Bill or Hillary even though they've been candidates in oh, probably seven or eight elections where I was a qualified voter um, but um Certainly, Hillary is is a far better, more confident uh, choice than um, than any of the uh, Republican candidates, and I believe she's going to be the nominee. And although I admire Bernie, I respect him. Um, I agree with most of his proposals and disagree with a couple of them. Uh, but uh, you know, Bernie is a revolutionary, and. Uh, and as much as in spirit, I love revolution in, in, in the abstract, revolution is not very pleasant when you live through it in the, in the actual time of it, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I like upsetting the apple cart um, in, in general, but when you do that, you oftentimes end up with a mess. So, uh, you know, Bernie, as much as I, as I, uh, you know, as I love him as a candidate, I think he was an essential uh, part of this campaign. I supported him monetarily and with my vote. He also makes me a little bit nervous as to what would happen if he was the candidate or even if he was the president, because you're certainly not going to have a Congress. Even the, even a lot of the Democrats you know, wouldn't agree with him. So what are you going to end up with? Mm -hmm.
Yeah. What do you think is so appealing about Bernie and Donald Trump? Like, you know, there's a lot of people that side with with, with Bernie, but then you have uh, so much Trump supporters that it's fascinating, I would say. Um, there aren't that many Trump supporters. They're just loud. I mean, he's got... So what? So what he, he has a percentage of the Republican vote. Yeah. But he's also got a 70% disapproval rating amongst women. He's got something like an 80% disapproval rating amongst Hispanics. Um, no Republican, I, I believe, in modern times has had more than 12% of the African-American vote. Yeah. Um, Donald Trump has a strong, old, cranky, white man vote. Yeah. And they're allowed. And, you know, they're, they're not inconsiderable. It's like people who say, oh, Fox News, it's the number one cable news organization. Well, okay, at their top, they have two million viewers for O'Reilly, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, there were times I had close to that on the Richard Bay show. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't mean I was, you know, the, the, the greatest uh, viewed show on the air, you know? It wasn't uh, like the Tonight Show. <laughs> or the Super Bowl, <laughs> two million viewers there, and and Trump, you know, when you when you take apart the numbers, yeah, he's got maybe thirty percent of the Republican vote, um, but uh, he's only got thirty something percent of that Republican vote, and and there is a large segment of Republican voters who say they will never vote for Trump, even if he's the Republican candidate. If you still had your show and you had to put one of them on the wheel of torture, which one would you put on? Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't think that would. I don't think that would do any good. Uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd probably put Cruz on because <laughs> Trump would probably. He's already been a reality show personage. He might enjoy it too much. I don't think Cruz would. But the other part of this that, you know, when I was looking to rent, an, after I sold my condo, I was looking to rent, and I called a real estate yeah. uh, agent looking for rentals. And she said, um, let me ask you this before I show you properties. Would you be willing to live in a Trump uh, development? Ooh. And I said, I said, why are you asking me this? And she said, well, I find that many clients say, you know, uh, you know, I'll live east side or west side or midtown, but I won't live in any place that has Trump's name on it. And this was, you know, years ago. And I said, you're kidding me, really? And she said, yes. And I said, well, now that you mention it, yeah, I don't want to live in a, in a Trump property. So, you know, I didn't have, uh, you know, a good... Um, estimation of Donald Trump before all this took place. And what amazes me is that people aren't in Manhattan throwing uh, black paint over everything that has a Trump name on it. Yeah. That you wouldn't find people, maybe it's because, you know, most of those kinds of activists, uh, people who lived in Manhattan, can't afford to live there anymore and they don't live there anymore. But. You know, I can't believe what, that they're just not out there in front of Trump properties, leafleting, you know, um, you know, trying to deface his name. I'm not advocating that, you know, I guess, but I'm just surprised that people aren't doing it. Yeah. I mean, New York used to have, I was up there for the Occupy um, 
demonstrations, and there were people marching, and there was the, uh, you know, the, the, um, you know, the, the live-in downtown near Wall Street. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like the, you know, like there's any uh, vestige of that sort of political activism, uh, you know, left in New York City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're definitely right about that. I, you know, I'd like to see, and what I haven't seen yet is a, um, I'd like to see, a New, you know, New York City is Trump's hometown. He was born in Queens. I was born in Queens. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen a poll yet as to Trump's favorable, unfavorable in New York City, which kind of surprises me because I, I, I'll bet that he isn't, that he's less well-liked in his own hometown than he is in, in or, or just as unliked uh, as he is in his hometown, uh, hometown as he is in other places. Yeah. No, but yeah, I'm saying you're right about that, but his, his, his followers, you know, even though you say he doesn't have it, like, like there's so much people that, despise him, there's so much people that like him, he's very polarizing, you know, it's either... Yeah, around the country, but yeah. not so much in yeah. Manhattan, which yeah. is his hometown, and where you have, all over the city, you have, um, you have his name plastered over things that he doesn't really own, I mean, you know, there are condos that, that are really owned by the residents, but Trump's name is on it. Yeah. If they got together, they could vote... And take down, maybe, I don't know what the legal restrictions on that are, but they could get together and vote and take his name off the building. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be, it would be a, um, you know, uh, you know, it wouldn't have any, you know, real effects, but it would be a symbol. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I would have expected Trump, may, well, maybe it's because he's so egotistical, but uh, he, he might have run for mayor of New York first, but he would never, he would never win. Mm. All right. do, do you see any possibility of him winning at all for the president? Well, everything has a possibility, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Hillary and, uh, Hillary and, uh, and Bernie could drop dead, you know, uh, <laughs> before the election. Yeah. I mean, all of these people, you yeah. know, Trump is, going to be 70 years old in June. Mm. Hillary's 69. Bernie is 74. Mm. Uh, you know, we just, nobody expected Scalia to die. He was 79. Gary Shandling just, yeah. nobody expected Gary Shandling to die and he killed over at 66. Yeah. I'm 64. You know, maybe, maybe I won't make it to the election. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. you never know. There's, there's never a no, no chance. You know? Yeah. You know, anything... There's always a chance. Yeah. Anything can and will happen. Yeah, you're right. Well, Bill Maher says we're one terrorist attack away from the Donald Trump presidency, but he's <laughs> certainly a terrorist attack of significance, uh, you know, might, you know, affect the election. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's, there's only a minuscule chance that Hillary Clinton will face any, um, you know, uh, criminal charges, that, you know, for what happened with her uh, email server. Yeah. I mean, uh, the chances that she will face criminal charges, I think, are, are about as slim as Donald Trump's chances of being president. Uh, you know, which doesn't mean that they don't exist. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're right about that. Like the whole, you know, Hillary Clinton has has a, I think a strong following as well. But I don't know. Is to me, I seem like a lot of people are just more conflict conflicted with voting either for Bernie or Hillary or Trump. But you know, I think people like Bernie because of the talks that he's saying. It is almost like the flavor of the month. Oh, we got to go with Bernie because Bernie is saying what we all feel. And Hillary has a lot of supporters as well. But you know, I guess with the whole email thing is getting most of the attention from her. So it's hard for people to feel like they can trust her. And you know yeah. what? I think most Democrats don't even care about the emails. The yeah. only people who care about it are people who are reading Drudge. And, yeah. well, it's like Benghazi. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's like white water. Yeah. I mean, the, the only scandal that really, you know, she murdered Vince Foster. Um, Ron Brown was killed by the Clintons. They were smuggling cocaine. All of these things. We're just a bunch of bull. The only real scandal was, you know, Bill was actually a hound dog, you know? <laughs> and if that, if that bugs you, then that's a scandal. Yeah. And he did lie under oath. Yeah. So I don't think it was an impeachable offense, but lying under oath, you know, by a sitting president is a serious matter. Yeah. I would say you was you was also not that you was instrumental in that, but you was instrumental in talking to Jennifer Flowers first before the whole Bill Clinton scandal came out. And it's kind of yeah. kind of what happened with your release of the show, right? From what, what we talked about before, right? With the whole Jennifer Flowers incident. After you talked to her it was kind yeah, of like the lights next out. day the show was cancelled, right after the, the very day after the Jennifer Flowers show aired, the show was cancelled the next day. <laughs> well, that's like one of those mysteries that you know, like you know, like you don't you don't even know like who put the word out. Like take Richard out, take that, him off the air. That's, that's correct. I don't think it was like the Clinton White House call. <laughs> somebody said, "Hey, you know, an election's coming up. You know, this isn't, you know, this isn't what you know. She hasn't been anywhere. In fact, when I had her on the show, I said I haven't seen you anywhere on television." Anywhere else, I haven't seen you in the... She said, every time I'm booked on something, they cancel me at the last minute, so... <laughs> um, do you... It was one of the reasons I wanted to run. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it made for good television. You know, it was pretty... It was a very good interview. What, do you Have you heard from her? Where is she at now? Like, I haven't even heard anything from oh, her. Oh, I don't... I don't know. I, I, really, I haven't heard from her in ages. I mean, maybe 10 years ago, I heard something from her, but... Do you have anything in the works coming up that you can tell the people, or is there anything, <laughs> anything well, coming I've up? I've thought about writing. I've thought about writing, uh, you know, uh, sort of a, a series of vignettes about things that have happened in my life, which yeah. I think are interesting and, you know, were, were uh, formative and eventually leading to the kind of person I am today at sixty-four. Well, I find that interesting. I don't know if we'll see if if other people find it interesting, but it would be interesting for me to put it all together. Yeah. Uh, you know, because in a way, it's it's kind of a it's a self examination, and you know, getting feedback on that. I mean, sometimes you can be very um, very adept at deluding yourself about who you are, what you've done, whatever. And uh, getting an outside, and a lot of times other people who have tried to define you are just wrong too. So, you know, but, but, you know, looking 
looking in your own mirror, you know, you see a different person maybe than somebody might see from the outside. So, you know, I, I, I think that would be interesting. Yeah. And as I said, there are, um, you know, there's a, there are agents down here in Florida. I went to the big equity meeting recently. I wouldn't mind doing some, not would I not mind, I would love to do uh, some more acting in the theater especially. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at that. Um, as far as the talk radio, which I really love, there just doesn't seem any venue for it, you know? Mm -hmm. All day long, I mean, they have stations down here too, but it's, it's, it's almost nonstop, you know, right-wing hyperbole. Mm -hmm. From beginning to end, I mean, you go from Rush Limbaugh to Sean Hannity to Michael Savage to Mark Simone to Curtis. I mean, the only person on the air that I think of who's actually on the terrestrial terrestrial airwaves is Ron Kuby, and he has half the show, you know, on ABC. But other than that, there's there's no there's no space for anybody, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I wrote to ABC when uh, Geraldo was fired at WABC in New York, and I said, listen, when I was there, I, I had, I got a bonus, you know, for achieving my uh, demo almost every single quarter. I said, my show had a four rating. Your station now has a, a one rating. I said, I'll work for scale for the first year just to show you I can build an audience. Wow. And, um, I sent that to the top executives, uh, you know, uh, for uh, the ABC radio stations, and he said, oh, Richard, I'll pass this on to the program director. The guy never even got back to me. The program director never even said, you know, thank you, we're going another way. He just ignored it. Uh, and they were confident. These two states, WOR and WABC, have no ratings. They're like, they're either 24th to 34th uh, amongst all radio stations in New York. When I worked at ABC, we were sometimes 4th, sometimes 5th, 6th, 7th. Yeah. This is absurd. It's absurd that, they're, that they keep running the same dribble that gets no ratings at all. At least Fox can say, oh, yeah. You know, we beat MSNBC and CNN, even if you put the ratings together. Even if it's only two, two million viewers, you know, we're still doing better than the other guy. But these two stations, they're so out of touch, uh, you know, with the, with the general population of the city that, uh, you know, yeah, maybe they get some people listening in Jersey. Oh, it's not working. Mm. How many times do you... I mean, I know the executives are, you know, are, are afraid to make changes and, and they're, they just want to keep getting their salaries and blah, blah, blah. But you're supposed to be creating something. You're supposed to be making something. And what you're making, almost nobody is taking. Mm -hmm. Which is not to say that there isn't an audience for right-wing blather, but there is, there's not an audience for two stations full of right-wing blather in, in New York on the radio. Yeah. 
You know, I like to say there's an audience for everything. There's an audience to see paint dry. There's an audience to see the dog in the corner. There's an audience for everything, Richard. And I think you definitely sh should definitely hit the airwaves and put yourself out there and try to get, you know, people to listen because, you know, you have a, a great opinion, a strong opinion, and I think it should definitely be out there. Well, not only that, I know how to make a show. Yes, that's, that's true. Deal, you know, mm -hmm. and people can be smart, intelligent, well-informed, and they don't know how to make a show. I mean, there's three elements to talk radio. Personality, information, and entertainment. And you have to bring all those three elements to the table. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people bring one or, or the other. Yeah, I mean, you could be the most intelligent uh, political science professor in the world. You're not going to be a radio talk show host. Yeah. But you have to have an element of showmanship. Um, you have to have a personality. And you, ha and you also, I guess, these days you don't have to be informed. Because, you know, I, all I have down here is right-wing talk. And I have it on, you know, when I'm in the car, some days I'll go, well, let me listen to what's going on, what they're saying. <laughs> I'm going... One after the other, I'm going, that's not true. That's not factual. <laughs> Where did you get that from? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just listening to it, and it's, it's, it's laughable, almost, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, going back to the TV show circuit, um, are you surprised how long Jerry Springer has lasted? Uh, I don't know. I, 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 uh, personally, I'm, I'm surprised that he can... Listen, I guess I'm not that surprised because I get up every day and do my thing down here in Florida, yeah. and, and I'm sure he's making, uh, you know, uh, you know, double figure millions. You know, I once asked somebody, "How does Maury do that every day?" Yeah, it's the same show every <laughs> single day. Who's the baby's daddy? I, you know, I replaced Maury in Philly, so I mean, I wasn't really friendly with him, but I have met him. I, I know people who did work with him. You know, Maury was a really intelligent, bright, um, you know, interesting guy. Um, and, of course, there were people who say, how can I do it? But the Richard Bay show was different almost every day. We didn't do you know, Who's My Baby Daddy every single day, you know? I mean, I had certain things, certain hooks, like the Wheel of Torture, but... You know, I played different characters, Sergeant Dick Bay and the Wimpy Husbands and Detective Dick Bay <laughs> yeah. through confessions and, and uh, the, you know, the gong show, the Miss Big Butt contest. I mean, I always tried to create some kind of variety so that the show wouldn't be the same every day. But to sit there every day and say, and to open the envelope and go, I have the DNA test, and <laughs> you are not the baby's father. Whoopee! And, I mean, you talk about Groundhog Day. I mean, I guess if they pay you $12 million a year, which is what I think is boring salary, I guess you could put up with it. But, you know, after a while, I would say, I got enough millions. Let me do something else, you know? <laughs> In fact, that's the way I felt when the Richard Day show went off the air. Little did I know. Well, I went from that to talk radio, yeah. which also was challenging for me. But when the Richard Day show went off the air, even though it went off right after the Jennifer Flowers debacle, yeah. my feeling was, ah, they're going to pay me a million dollars for a year to do nothing. And, you know, we've done about as much as we can possibly do with the show. Uh, it had been on for five years. And, 
you know, we had done everything that you could possibly do. Everything else was going to be a retread, a repeat, uh, you know, going back to the well. Um, and uh, I, I'm really not very interested, you know? Yeah, I mean, oh, I mean they, even when you're in the theater, people say, oh, it's the same show every night, but it isn't. Mm -hmm. Every night you step on that stage in the theater, and it, the audience is different. Some nights they're well-fed, sometimes they laugh, sometimes they pay attention, sometimes they don't. Your fellow actors give you a different line reading. Um, something happens in that moment and you discover something about your character. It's different all the time. And that's one reason why Florida is um, is so confounding and and even though it's so pleasant, I live right on the beach, I go to the beach every night and read and you know, the, the pool is right out my door and the gym is right here in the building and uh, you know, and, I, and, I, and, I, and every night I, may, I, I cook and I make myself things that are delicious. And there's so many great things on television. I just watched Lonesome Dove for the first time. I'd never seen it. And it just blew me away. Um, so even though all those things are pleasant and, and lovely, <laughs> they're all not so different. You know, I, mm -hmm. I want to find something that's, uh, you know, challenging to do. Maybe writing will be it. And maybe being back in the theater will be it. I mean, you know, and I should try harder to find a job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think writing a book probably will be your best bet, especially a lot of people who are interested to knows what goes behind the scenes of the Richard Bay show and the other shows you was involved in with, you know, Nine Broadcast Plaza will be a good takeoff point, basically. Yeah, yes. And there's a lot more than that. There's a, there's a lot more than that. Let me just say that. Yeah. But um, let's... Uh, do you have any final questions? No, well, my final question to you, like I usually ask everybody else, is what would the Richard Bay of today tell the Richard Bay of yesterday? Uh, my immediate reaction would say would be to appreciate every moment, but you know, I did. Mm -hmm. I did. I had a great time. I had great friends. I had great girlfriends. I had lots of great sex. <laughs> I, I was good to my family. I sent my parents on trips. You know, uh, I, I got them a yacht trip around the Mediterranean. I sent them on a boat trip down the Danube because my mother wanted to see the, where the sound of music was. I, um, you know, they were, you know, they got to see me on television, on the radio. Today's my mother's birthday, but I'm going over to the cemetery tonight. Oh, happy birthday, Miss Bay. Yeah. Yeah, it's Easter as well. Anyway, um, so, and I, I took my brother on vacations with me. I took him to Europe for the first time in his life. I, I went to Japan, Israel, um, the West Bank, Turkey, Greece. The south of France, Paris, um, traveled everywhere in the United States. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't, um, you know, what would the Richard Bay of today say to the Richard Bay back then? Yes. Buy some Microsoft stock. <laughs> Buy Apple stock. That's what I would say. <laughs>
Thank you, Richard. And hold on to it. And hold on to it. <laughs> and Richard, you're on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter? I'm not on Twitter. I'm on Facebook and I have a blog. People are interested. I, I haven't blogged much lately because I tend to, Facebook seems to have taken over. It gives me some of the satisfaction I used to find on talk radio. There's a group of about 40, 50 people who usually end up on my timeline, and some are conservative, some are libertarian, some are uh, even further to the left than I am, some are Democrats, some are Republicans, so we, we end up having very interesting conversations on Facebook, and, and when I post something, you know, we get a lot of response, and we get a lot of discussion, and it's varied, not all just bobbleheads going up and down saying, oh, Richard, I agree, I agree, you know. Yeah. So, and that is, that, that is interesting to me. So, anyway, that's fun. Yeah, well, you basically have a talk show on Facebook because you give your opinions and people respond and, you know, you're very socially yeah. active there. So if people want to hit you up or, you know, see where you're at, check out Facebook and Richard Bay is always on it. All right. Well, listen, thank you, Efren, and, uh, you know, thank you for always staying in touch. No problem. And I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a go.